Good morning, Thrive Church. We have a lively bunch in the house today. I don't know what's going on, but I like a happy, clappy crowd. So give yourselves a hand this morning. Glad that you are here with us at Thrive Church. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. If we've not met already, and uh, I'm the pastor of this awesome church. We're glad that you're connecting with us. I want to welcome all those in the 715 who are watching online this morning. And uh, we just want you to know it is better in the crowd, so we welcome you to come. I just want to give a shout-out to Brother Bill Miller sitting over here. Give a shout-out to Brother Bill Miller. So he is a pillar in this church, and he was going through a very difficult time physically the other week. And God's been doing a healing in his life. And we believe in the power of prayer. Right, right. And, and I would dare say that he's experienced a miracle. And I believe in a God of miracles. I believe God performs miracles. And so can I just take a moment and pray for you? I, I would dare say there's people in this room who just need a miracle. A break that doesn't have to be a physical issue. It could be something, you, but you would say, it's a miracle. I need a miracle. Would you raise your hand this morning? It doesn't take a long, lengthy prayer. It just calls faith, childlike faith in Jesus' name. All around this room, there's people who are watching online who are saying, God, I need a miracle. God, I need you. And we know what your word says, that you are able you do exceeding abundantly more than we can think or even imagine. We put our faith in that God, and we pray that you would show up in each and every one of these lives in Jesus' name, whether it would be a healing, whether it would be in finances, whether it would be in a marriage or a relationship, whatever that obstacle or challenge is, we pray that you would show up in a mighty way, and it's in your name we pray. And everyone said Let's give God a praise for what he's going to do, what he's doing already. Thank you, God. I, I heard about the pizza slice thing going on today. Um, and so we just want you to know that if you are interested, uh, you can buy, you can purchase your pizza today. You can do that online. I was told that you can do that. So just go to our app. And, and the people who take the, the, the money, they'll show you how to do that. Well, we're going to get right into their message today. We're in a two-week sermon series called Ready. Just, just look, at your, look at your neighbor and just ask them, are you ready? Are you ready for this? Because you need to be ready. You need to be ready. You know, I don't know if you know this, but there just seems to be a lot of instability that is happening in the world today. And a lot of people would look at this instability, and if you know anything about Bible prophecy, some people would ask the question, is this the beginning of the end? And, and I don't know the answer to that question. I just know we are inching closer each and every second. We are getting closer to what the Bible says is the end of time. And if you are in Christ, that is, that's not something that you need to be worried about, but it's something you need to be excited about. The end, the, the, the end is really just the beginning for eternity. So, but what we're focusing on, we, we could talk about end times, prophecy, and there's so much that we could talk, talk about this, but we're going to just talk about this one event that I think is so crucial, and I hit on it last week, and it's like I'm going to give it, a, last week was a left punch, and today I'm going to give it a right punch, all right? Because this has just got to sink home. We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for this event. 
That this event that I'm talking about is what, what is called the rapture. Maybe you've heard of that word before, or you've been in church world, or you, you've heard that phrase before, and like, hey, man, just like, what's, what, what, what's going to happen? What, what is that? The word rapture means to be taken away. And what's going to happen on the rapture is that Jesus is going to come into the sky. He's not going to completely come down to earth, but he's going to come to the sky. There's going to be this shout of the archangel, and there's going to be this trumpet that's blown. I don't know what that's going to look like or sound like, but in an instant, people are, who are in Christ are going to be taken away to be with God in heaven. That's, that's amazing. And that's why we need to be ready for it. If you look in Matthew chapter 24, you wonder, where do we get this idea, end times and rapture and everything? I want you to know, if you are here today and you trust Jesus, you need to understand Jesus talks about this topic a lot. And so in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about the end times. What is that going to look like? And I, I encourage you, check that out. Check out Matthew chapter 24. And then he goes to Matthew 25. So he's spending time talking about this subject. Matthew 24, at the end of Matthew 24, verse 44, it says, you also must be ready. Jesus says we need to be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So I, I, I'm here today to tell you I don't know when. I, I, I kind of have an idea of how it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen. I don't have all the details, all the specs. I don't have the date or the time, but I know it's going to happen. And here is my responsibility, and here is your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be ready. To be ready for it. The, the word ready means to be fully prepared for this event to happen. Well, why do we need to be prepared? I'm going to talk about that this, this morning. So like I said before, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about it. And then you go into Matthew chapter 25, and Jesus gives this thing called a parable. A parable, if you've not heard this before, is, is a, a kind of a short story and, and he would give a short story because he would take something that was technical and maybe difficult and quite hard to understand. He'd say, okay. He would look at people and say, okay, okay, I, I got you. Let me tell you a story to explain what I'm talking about here. And so he tells them this story. Jesus tells us this story. He says, Matthew 25, verse 1 through 12, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil, uh, enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. And all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were going to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. 
That's, that's pretty profound. That's, that, that's, a, that's a heavy story to tell people. You, you'd have to ask yourself the question, why would you tell us to, to this story? Well, again, going back to verse 44, Jesus says that we need to be ready. Let me talk about the marriage custom of the day back in those days. What would happen is a groom would prepare a place for his bride, for, for where they would live. And then he would go to the bride's home where there might be some negotiations, because back then there were some negotiations that, that need to happen before, uh, before parents would give away their bride. I wish there would have been some more negotiations that have happened with my son-in-law, but that's a different story. Negotiations that happen, so you don't always know exactly. It's not like today where we, you know, we know the time, the place, you know, the date that the wedding's going to happen. And so so then they would have this, and then once the negotiations were set, then they would have kind of a miniature party there. And then the groom would return to his father's house for the marriage banquet. And again, this banquet would last for like seven days. The bridesmaids then, they would be waiting for the groom to come from his father's house to go to this banquet. There would be a time of waiting. And, and they, they just had this one responsibility. You just need to be ready. Just look at your neighbor and say, be ready. You just need to, you don't, we don't know exactly when, but we know, we know things have started moving in that direction. And so you just need to be ready so that you can be a part of the bridal party. And so one of the ways that they were ready is they would have these lamps, these poles, and then they would have kind of a pot of oil, and then there would be a wick, and then they would, they would have this flame, okay? So the only way that the flame would burn is you had to have oil in the lamp. And so the story talks about the, these, well, the parables referring to his return, and then we had the bridegroom, which represents Jesus, and then you have these 10 bridesmaids, and, and Jesus is saying, that's you, that, that's you. And just look at your name and say, he's talking about you this morning. Pastor's talking about you. Jesus is talking about you. And talking about this oil that is so necessary. The oil represents the Spirit of God. Is the Spirit of God inside of you this morning? Again, the moral of this story be ready for the rapture. Everyone, be ready for this event. Be ready. Because if you are not ready, when that rapture happens, when that moment happens, this whole, you can just imagine millions of people gone, vanished. This world is going to change something fierce. And there will be a time, if you, that's when you talk about tribulation. And that's where scripture is filled of what that time of tribulation is going to be like. But there's really one word that really, to me, sticks out that defines tribulation. And that word is chaos. It's going to be, you think the world is bad now, it's going to be chaos. Just look at Revelations. So today, what I want to do is I want to go through this story, and I want us to study. I want us to just kind of pick this part about, because I believe that there's some ready lessons for us to receive from God's word today. So that's what we're going to do. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, we're going to pick these verses apart. Are you ready for this? I think the first ready lesson that we need to be mindful of 
is everyone's invited. Verse one, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Understand this, we know John 3, 16, we, we, if you grew up in church, that was like one of the memory verses you learned as a child. We all know it, you watch a football game, somebody holds up the sign, John three sixteen. If you get anything out of the Bible, get John three sixteen, And it says, for God so loved the world. Stop right there. For God so loved the world. He's talking about everyone. Everyone. You're talking about, some of you are saying, like, even my neighbor, you don't know my neighbor. He's talking about your neighbor, especially your neighbor. People who don't even claim to know him. God is, this invitation, listen to me, the invitation to know Jesus is for everyone. Now you have the story here, and we understand how the kingdom of man works for wedding time. We know that, that, there, that there is a wedding invitation, but it's, you typically is only sent to a select group of people. Okay? Well, our daughter was married here four or five years ago, and we, we, my budget was limited. Okay, I'm sorry you weren't invited. All right? I don't even think we knew each other, but it, my budget was. So there was only a select few, and what we needed them to do was to fill out the RSV, get back to us, and then we knew you know, that we, it was limited. It was limited on how many people. You needed an RSVP to get in. I didn't check people at the door. Maybe I should have checked people at the door. I was, I was working at a church. By the way, don't be this person. I used to serve at a church where there was a group of people who would attend funeral banquets and uh, uh, wedding receptions. Don't do that, okay? All right. But then we know that there's the kingdom of heaven, and, and it's a little bit differently here. We see here that the invitation is sent out to everyone, everyone. Just look at your neighbor and say, he's, he, he's talking about you again. He's talking about everyone, so he's talking about you. And it's sent out to everyone. Everyone is invited to the kingdom of God. Everyone is invited. Please get that. You have an invitation that has been given to you by God. But here's the deal. Nobody knows the day nor the hour that this wedding is, that this is going to take place. The rapture is going to take place. You just need to be ready for it. Everyone's invited. Limit number two, we all choose our own response. Verse five, verse two and four, excuse me. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. God's, one of the God's greatest gift that he's given to each and every one of us is this thing called freedom of choice. If you don't have freedom of choice, there is no such thing as real love, right? In order to have the real deal, love in its most genuine form, you have to have freedom of choice. So God gives us. And it's our, each and every one of you, you have your life. And it's in your life that you get to choose how to live your life, right? God is not up there with some kind of remote control on your life. You choose. You decide how to, how to live this life. We get to choose who, whom we will, uh, who we will and will not love. 
whom we will and will not have a relationship with, and whom we will or will not follow. It is our choice. Well, Jesus says that there was two groups of people here. Now, the first group of people, they were the five wise bridesmaids. Wisdom. What is wisdom? This is my definition of wisdom. Wisdom is when you live out what you know is true. Wisdom is when you live. You know you have a truth, and understanding what truth is, wisdom is when you live that out, right? That, that would be the definition. And so we have these five wise bridesmaids, and they took knowledge. They had the knowledge that they needed to have this oil. They had the knowledge of it, and so, so because they needed to have it, they went out and prepared themselves. They made themselves ready. That's called wisdom. Wisdom is when you prepare, when you become ready, but then we have these five foolish bridesmaids. Foolishness is to ignore what you know is true. Foolishness, it is foolish for us to ignore and not live out what we know is true. But they, they completely ignored. They kind of had this procrastination disease. Ah, I'll get to it. I'll take care of it. I'll get around to it. They were not ready. And we know that our choices, each and every one of us, our decisions that we make, there are, there's this thing called consequences. There's consequences. Our choices will always have consequences. Do you know that you choose, here on this earth, you choose your eternity, the, the destination of your eternity? You choose. You're the one who makes that decision. Joshua 24, 15. Joshua was, was challenged. He knew that the, the Israelites, they, they were in this land, and it was kind of a, like, hey, listen, folks, are you guys going to follow? Are you going to follow these idols of these people? Or are you going to follow God? You, you have the choice to do that. And, and he says this. He says, he says, uh, he says, if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And, and I, just, I just want to put that challenge out to you this morning. Listen, listen, I, you have the choice, but I'm going to tell you, I have made the decision, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. It's your choice. Number three, because be, beware of complacency while you wait. Beware of complacency. Verse five, when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. How many of you hate waiting? How many of you hate waiting? I hate waiting. I do, and I do appreciate my smartphone because, you know, this is how you know somebody's waiting. You know, they got this look, and they're just flipping the thumb. You know, there's going to be more cases of arthritis syndrome here in years ahead because people become waiting. We become complacent. The word complacent, what happens is we become complacent because we're bored and then we become distracted. And when we're distracted, we become inactive. 
And it just, uh, it just leads us to procrastination. There's all kinds of things that happen to us. And I, I just want to challenge you, be careful not to become bored with God. Don't allow your relationship with God that is alive to turn into religion which is dead. There is a difference. Don't allow your relationship, which is so alive, turn into a religion that is so dead. Don't become, that's what happens when you become bored with God, it turns into religion. Don't become distracted by what's going on in the world. Some of you, you need to turn off CNN. Some of you, you need to turn off Fox News. Some of you, you just need to turn it off because you're getting distracted. And when we're distracted, we become inactive. And some of you who are watching online, you were so a part of the church. You were so engaged. You were so connected. But then COVID came along, and it just became easy to become inactive. And I want to I speak to those who are watching online, who you just, ah, you know, ah, 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 ah. I want to encourage you, get active. Get back. Get engaged. And, and then when, when, when we become like that, sometimes what happens is we procrastinate. I'm a terrible procrastinator. But procrastination is delaying obedience. When we procrastinate, we delay obedience. And some of you, listen to me, some of the, one of the things that you, the obedience that you have been delaying is forgiving other people. For some of you right now, that is the, really the big holdup in your life. And you need to stop procrastinating and you need to start forgiving and reconcile that relationship. Procrastination is dangerous. I, I, I think I, I've shared with you before, but I was a, a chaplain here for, for a season of ministry, about a year and a half. And I worked with a lot of caregivers, people who are taking care of uh, people who are in hospice care and, and such like that. And every once in a while, I would go and I would meet the, with the patients of the caregivers. And these, I would look at these people, and, and these are people who are, if I can say it, they're on death's, on death's bed, in their deathbed. And for some of these people, they, 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 the question of God has been, yeah, I'll get to it. 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 Some of you, that might describe where you are in your faith journey. Yeah, I'll get to it. And I, and I, would, I would have conversations with these people, and here was the million-dollar question. I would just say, I'm sorry, sir. Just, can I ask you a question? Have you made your peace with God? And, and what I, you know what I was asking? Are you ready? Are you ready to die if today was that you were going to take your last breath, are you ready to go? Are you ready to meet Jesus? I ask you this morning, are you ready? Because this is not something we want to procrastinate about. 2 Corinthians 6.2, Paul tells us this. Indeed, the right time is now. The right time is now. What time is it? The time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but if you are here today and you know that you know that you know that you're not at peace with God, today is that day. 
I challenge you. I encourage you. I don't know what else I can do, but I'm telling you that today is today to know Jesus. And let me ask you this question right now. I asked our worship team. If, Christ follower, if you knew without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus all sent us leaflets from the sky, said three weeks from now, at 3 p.m., I'm going to return. How would you live your life? You know what my hope and prayer is? My hope and prayer is that you wouldn't have to change much. You're living right now the ready life. You're living the ready life. Let me continue on here. Number four, what are we learning from, the ready, from this ready story? It can happen at any moment. Verse six, at midnight they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. The apostle Paul, have we, what, what do we know about the rapture? The apostle Paul, he talks a lot about it, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5, and 1 Thessalonians 5 and 2. He says, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly. We talked about this last week, but he gives a description of how unexpected this will be, that he will come like a thief in the night. Again, we talked about this last week, but if you've ever been robbed before by a thief, you never saw it coming. If you saw it coming, you would have been ready for it, right? Nine times out of ten, you never saw it coming. It was completely unannounced. That's what makes him a good thief. You knew, you know that those things happen, but that would never happen to me because I would be ready for it. I would be ready. We know that a thief comes in the night because that's when our guard is down. That's when we're like, uh, I've been waiting all afternoon, all day. I'm just going to kind of take it easy, take a break and rest. Sometimes people do that with their faith. Sometimes people do that with Jesus. I've been spending all my day with Jesus. I think I'm going to do something on my own now. I'm going to do my own thing. And it's always shocking it always comes at a, at a great surprise. It could happen, listen to me, it can happen at any moment. Listen to me, it could happen in three years. It could happen in three months. It could happen in three weeks. It could happen in three days. It could happen in three hours. It could happen here in three minutes or it can happen in three seconds. Let's wait for it. We don't know but it's gonna happen at any moment. Number five, preparation brings peace. Years ago, I used to do a lot, I, as a youth pastor, I used to lead a lot of teenagers on missions trips, and I went through this, this training with this missions organization that we work with, and they would bring us down there, and they would train us to train the students that we would lead on this trip. I like 150 students that we would be leading to, to a third world country. And that's a lot of responsibility Okay, And so they're trying to train you to do it their way, what you need to know, what the things you don't need to know. And here was the whole mantra. Here was the whole thing. You had a couple days to get ready for the students to arrive so you can train them. And here was their mantra. Preparation brings peace. If you're prepared, 
You don't have a lot to worry about. It's your responsibility to prepare yourself. But if, you don't, if you're not prepared, it's always chaos. How many of you discovered that? If you're not prepared, there's chaos. Look at this verse here, verse seven and nine. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. We're not prepared. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. The wise bridesmaids, they had peace when the groom arrived. There was peace, the peace of God. They had peace. I'm ready. They had peace. Do you have that peace today? If it was to happen here in three seconds, do you have that peace that you would be with God? The foolish bridesmaids, they had chaos. You can see it in the situation, right? You can kind of see it in this story. Like, hey, 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 we don't have enough. Can you help us out? You got to go down to the store. Which store is open? Da, 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 I, hey, can I borrow some money? Da, 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 da. I'm not ready. Chaos. Chaos. Which one of these describes your heart today? Do you have that peace of God? Or is there chaos when you think about the end times? When you think about Jesus' return? I love what Paul says here in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He tells us that when we live in connection with God, we are living in God's peace. I love what he says here. Don't worry about anything. Stop your worrying. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Peace, listen to me, if you're here today and you're looking for peace, it comes from living in relationship with Jesus. That's the only way, that, that's the only way you're going to have peace. Your peace comes from daily pursuit of God. Listen to me. You cannot live out your faith journey Sunday to Sunday. That is not a relationship. That is religion. That's the definition of religion. Relationship is day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment. I'm living in relationship with God. I'm living in relationship with him. There is no better way to live a ready life than to daily live in connection with God. Let me say that one more time. There is no better way to live a ready life than to live in daily connection with God. Number six, hurry up here. A filled lamp is, ready, is a ready life. Verse 10, but while they were gone to buy oil, a bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to be to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Listen to me. What is in your lamp matters. What's living in your heart, it matters. And see the significance of God? Each of the, the ten, the, each of the, the significance of the oil, excuse me, each of the bridesmaids, they knew that the groom was coming. They knew enough to have oil in their lamps beforehand, and they knew to be ready or to be left out of the wedding party. To be ready is to have oil in your heart. Oil represents the spirit of God. And listen to me, when you come into relationship with Jesus, when you come to that point and say, I want to make my peace with God, God, I invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. God places his Holy Spirit inside of you. And you know it. Because there's a peace. 
And it begins to change the way you think, the way you act, the way you feel, the person that you are. It changes you. But for some of us who are here today, you, you, the oil's not there. You got other things that are kind of clogging the arteries, if you will, but God is not in there. I, I challenge you today, invite the Spirit of God into your life. I remember years ago, I, was, I borrowed my mom and dad's vehicle, and I had to go on a trip, and I'm, I'm driving and driving and driving, and all of a sudden, and I'm looking at the gauge, and it's not quite touching the E. I mean, it's kind of touching the top of the E, <sighs> Ran out of gas. And I knew, I'm like, I'm looking at the gauge. I knew I should have stopped like 10 miles back, five miles back. I had the opportunity. But I'm going to see how far I can go a little bit, just a little bit farther. And ran out of gas. And then you have to take the walk of shame. <laughs> and it's even worse when you're carrying back a gas tank. <laughs> the walk of shame. Here's the deal. I could sit there and crank on that car all day long, but it ain't going to start. It's not going anywhere. It doesn't have gas in it. It's not going anywhere. I'm going to tell you today, if the oil is not in your lamp, when Jesus returned, you're not going anywhere. Let me continue on here. Later will be too late, verse, uh, verse 11. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But you know what? It was too late. It was too late. You see, it's not good enough to have just good intentions. Good intentions, you know what good intentions are? Good intentions are still disobedience. Good intentions are still disobedience. It's not good enough. Do you realize in the Bible, there are 66 references where the phrase, be watchful, is communicated. So the message is out. Be watchful. Watch yourself. Listen to me. If there's one thing I challenge the church to do is stop watching others and start watching yourself. We need to be watching ourselves that we are ready. We need to start watching what we put into our lives. We need to start, start looking and watching to see what is in our heart. And we need to be watching and praying. Because here's the deal. Yes, it's going to be too late. But understand this. If you read, read further on during this time of seven years of tribulation, there will be a second chance. For those who have been taken up into the rapture, all of a sudden, those who know, and they, but yet they're unwise, and their oil was, was their, the cups were empty, they will have a second opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But the Bible says they will go through persecution, and they will go through a lot of difficulties. So make yourself ready now. Number eight, almost done here. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It's not... What you know, it's who you know. Verse 12, but he called back, believe me, I don't know you. You see, they were turned away, turned away because they were not ready. The one recognizable thing that would have made them ready, that they would have recognized, hey, wait a second, yeah, 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 you're part of the wedding party, was to become, to come in with a torch that's lit, a fire, a fire burning inside of them. Yes, 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 we recognize you. We recognize you. What does it mean to know Jesus. 
What does it mean to know Jesus? First of all, it is to believe in him. To believe in him, to trust him, to believe he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says that he will do. Number two, to know Jesus is to trust him. When you trust somebody, when you go into a roller coaster, you put your, yourself in the seat and you put the bar down, you put your trust in that seat. You put your, your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength into that seat. And Jesus says, I want you to give me, I want you to surrender your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength to me. And then once you've done that, the third thing is, that I'm, number one, I'm going to believe in him, I'm going to trust him, I'm going to follow him. In other words, I'm going to make him the Lord of my life. The word Lord literally means leader. I'm going to make Jesus the leader of my life. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, we talked about that this morning, and follow me. Last of all, be ready. Ready lessons from the story of the bridesmaids. Be ready. Verse 13, so you too must keep watch. There we go again. For you do not know the day nor the hour of my return. You see, the bridesmaids, all 10 of them, they were given everything that they needed. Do you know that you have been given everything that you need? Do you know that God makes himself abundantly clear to the entire world? Look at it. Romans 1.20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not Knowing God. We have no excuse for not knowing God. He makes himself abundantly clear. Second Peter 1.3, but by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for a living, a godly life. We've received all of this from, from uh, of this by coming to know him the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Listen to me. God has made himself abundantly clear to us. God has given to us everything that we need to know him. So I ask you today, we, from this parable, ready lessons from the parable of the bridesmaids, I ask you today, are you ready and if you're not here, you're watching online and you want to be ready for God's return, you want to be ready for this rapture, you need to commit your life to him. Will you do that right now? Will you do that with me? Wherever you, wherever you are, just, just, just call out to God and say, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior I, I accept what he's done for me and I take faith in what he's going to do. Forgive me of my sins. I choose today to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
Amen. Church, listen to me. Again, I watch the news, and it's getting goofy. And and I hope and pray that, that there is a sense of urgency, not panic, not fear, not anxiousness, but urgency. I pray that you would have a spirit of urgency. I pray that Thrive Church would have a spirit of urgency. I want you to know, as your pastor, I'm praying for God to give me more of a spirit of urgency because I believe that that it's happening soon, okay? I just believe. And I want people to come to Jesus. I have a list of people, and when I think about the rapture, I get excited, and the other part of me, I want to weep because I know they're not ready. And so Thrive Church, if you're ready, that's awesome. But now we need to be the church to help other, to help our world become ready. And I want you to know that we are going to be even more driven towards, as Garrett talked about, the next generation of the 715 because that is a generation that just knows so little about this. And we're going to be moving forward towards the next generation generation of the 715. So can we just right now, if you have people who you are just, it's urgent that they come to Jesus, will you raise your hand? I think every hand should be raised right now, all around this room. Right now, Father, I pray that you would put a spirit of urgency in us, your church. God, make us urgent. This is an urgent message that needs to get out And I pray, Father, that your spirit, your anointing would be on this church body for those who are watching online. And Lord, we pray right now for loved ones who do not know you, who are not ready, God. Our hearts are broken for them, and we know your heart is broken as well. We pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would open the eyes of their heart and that today would be the day of salvation in Jesus' name. Let's give him praise for what he's gonna do today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, God.